Welcome to HR edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today's episode is with Safwan Shah, the founder and CEO of PayActive, software that provides employers with secure infrastructure and tools to increase employee productivity and engagement. In today's episode, we're going to chat about financial stress, employee wellness, and real-time access to payroll. Thanks so much for joining the B2B Nation, Safwan. Thank you very much, Josh. Awesome. So I just want to hear a little bit more about your background and your elevator pitch for PayActive. <laughs> so I'm uh, by training, I'm an engineer. I did my master's and PhD at, uh, at Boulder, Colorado, University of Colorado. I did my business stuff at Stanford. And I've been an entrepreneur for the last uh, almost 18 years in the fintech space. So PayActive's, uh, if I had to use the term, the, the, the massive sort of transformative purpose of PayActive is to alleviate financial stress for millions and millions of hardworking employees in the U.S. There are about 140 million people that uh, are employed in the U.S. and uh, about 70% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. So what we have built is a program which is offered as a voluntary benefit by employers and uh, offered in partnership with employers. And PayActive then has a mobile application which allows each employee instant access to the money they've already earned, which means that every, you earn every day, but you get paid weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly. So in theory and in practice, every day there is some money you've already earned, and if you need access to it, there is no mean today for those living paycheck to paycheck. So that's what we provide. Um, it's a, it's a cloud-based uh, turnkey service for the employer, uh, immediate and one-click for the employee. Uh, businesses can sign up and be operational in one day. It almost seems too good to be true. That seems like such a cool solution. I mean, obviously, you guys are better than Payday Advance, right? I mean, they seem, the, to me at least, relatively like predatory in, in their you know, tactics and strategy. Highly predatory, actually, Josh. So you guys would work directly with uh, an HR department to implement the solution, and then they would uh, chat with their employees and say, hey, you guys have access to this awesome uh, product. Here's how you use it. Is that basically how it would work? That is exactly what it is. Okay. Fantastic. Awesome. And uh, how does this relate? I would assume uh, it relates to employee wellness, right? Because uh, if your employees are, are stressed at work, they're, they're not going to be as productive. They're not going to be uh, you know, as effective and efficient as they would normally be if they didn't have that concern. Yeah, well put. Yeah, the, 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 the real reality of uh, the workplace is that one in five, uh, employee stress due to financial stress is the highest. We usually target the, the, the symptom. We never go to the root cause. So if people are living an unhealthy life, uh, is it because they choose to do that? Or is there a stress driving them to an unhealthy life, be it obesity, be it whatever? So it turns out that uh, financial stress is the biggest, single biggest culprit here. So just to give you raw stats of the industry, these are by um, an industry um, um, analyst called Voya Financial. Uh, one in five miss work due to financial stress. 12% lost productivity, and it's calculated in numbers. 60% uh, increase in on-the-job accidents when people are stressed and working. 75% uh, of doctors' visits are usually related to stress-related issues. Up to 40% turnover 
of employees is because of stress. And just to put uh, it further sort of in perspective, the cost of replacing an individual due to turnover is $4,300 per person. So this is a huge problem. What's sort of the biggest challenge right now uh, in this industry? Is it just trying to find a way to get this uh, turnkey solution, as you said, in uh, the hands of all the, the companies that need it most? That is the biggest. Uh, it's getting the word out. Um, it is getting the word out. Secondly, whenever you take something out to the world, to the marketplace, to the you know, enterprise business community, which defies conventional wisdom, for some reason, society at large has believed that payroll is something we need to pay, wait for and somehow forced savings are caused by waiting for money. Reality of the matter is we've made every single effort in technology and other ways to make people spend more and spend in more easier ways, right? You can pay 50 times in the same second using your credit cards, one on Amazon, one on eBay, et cetera, et cetera. But what effort have we put in to simplify, make easy the way people get paid? Because they are earning every day, they are spending every day, but they are waiting for that salary. So behaviorally, Josh, it's a challenge for the human mind. Behaviorally, it is a challenge to plan and budget the way it is required when you are paid weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, and so on. I want to go more, though, into uh, your actual platform. I'm curious, you mentioned earlier that you guys have a mobile, uh, a mobile platform, a, an app, presumably. Um, how, how do you guys see that sort of fitting into to what you just mentioned in trying to get this, this out there? So <clears throat> one thing is, uh, so let's look at some key trends that are out there at, at a macro scale. Uh, mobile phone is in the hands of pretty much everyone. And uh, they are usually smartphones. So they have apps and browser access. They are running either Android or uh, iOS on it. So given everybody has a mobile phone and they are working at a workplace, what we developed is a mechanism that an employee logs in into an application, which is on the App Store, etc., clicks on what I can access today. And that number is a percent of what you've already earned. We do not allow 100% access of what you've made. So take an example of someone who makes $100 a day, right? Someone who's making $12 an hour. They go in, they see that uh, they have $60 that they could access. So we limit the lower number we allow is $100. So the second day the person goes in and says, hey, I've got you know, $200 here or $190 here. So we would uh, allow them to access that money. And they click on it. They say, please transfer to my checking account, assuming they have a bank account. And I'll get to that separately, how few have bank accounts. Other thing they can do is I want to access cash from uh, a store or pick it up from an ATM. We provide that. So instantly they get the cash in the hand. And in addition to that, the app provides them. So there's a mob, complete mobile application. The app provides them the ability to pay any bill without any additional cost. So they can pay their AT&T bill, their Verizon bill, et cetera, et cetera. So this is what the app does. In trying to get this message out, though, um, I, I want to transition now a little bit into HR tech. Um, what would you say, Safwan, was the theme from the conference? What was your sort of big takeaway in interacting with folks, uh, not only at the booth, but in hearing from people uh, at sessions and hearing from uh, some of the speakers that, that were, were at the conference? 
So uh, I come from an industry which is which wasn't HR. I come from the pure financial technology industry, and this is this is my first company in this segment. So for me, it was an amazing experience to hear the narratives that drive the whole HCM or human capital management and HR mindset. So two or three things that I observed were, you know, very consistent with trends that we see in other industries. That is aggregation. Not only uh, most companies are saying, hey, I'm not just doing one thing like payroll for you, but I'm also giving you talent management. I'm giving you all kinds of statistics, analytics, big data, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody's talking about a single sign-on, end-to-end, 360 degrees, single version of truth to measure, manage, monitor your entire HCM um, infrastructure. So that's one thing I noticed, that it was very, um, it's all about aggregating multiple services and ease of use. So like anything else, experience of the user is becoming a big deal. The second thing that I saw is that for the first time, and you know, I don't say it in a, I think the technology in the HCM or HR world has been lagging. And it is an industry or it's a segment which hasn't got, hasn't yet got the latest and greatest what is possible. And I think that those, that trend is changing dramatically because I think because the, um, the value of the knowledge worker, the value of uh, our understanding of what drives human productivity, all that is increasing with, with better you know, studies and data. So all that knowledge is now coming into the software and technology. So that is a big thing. Yes, so that, that was two. Third thing was mobility, mobility, mobility. That, you know, you can do this mobile, now, whether that's good, bad, or whatever, but you can work on your systems anywhere, anytime. That, that was there. So these were my observations. Gotcha. And back to your second point real quick. I mean, do you think that it was, it's just historically been that uh, in terms of like technology solutions, a lot of companies have used and deployed technology sort of externally in trying to get a product out there, there to consumers and trying to get, you know, uh, the latest and greatest thing uh, at their, uh, I guess, front door um, to show off and not focus as much internally on the software. I feel like now we're, we're starting to get all these systems to really, uh, you know, make businesses run more efficient, especially I feel like HR has sort of, even within that internally focused uh, aspect has always sort of been one to uh, lag behind a little bit more. Would that be your response as well? Yeah, I would, I would kind of word it in a slightly different way. What has happened in the past is that technology companies have built technology and gone to large employers and large businesses and said, hey, this is our idea of HR technology. You need to now adapt to it. This is how it works. This is how it saves you money. That was, I think, that era is gone. Now the HR um, segment is driving innovation. They are coming out and saying, guys, this is what we want, not what you are giving to us, but this is how we want it. And that has... I think dramatically improved the products because demand side is directing the innovation. Do you sort of see that continuing uh, over the next few years? I mean, what do you think we'll be talking about at, at HR Tech 2020? I think in five years, three or four things are going to happen. One, 
You know, like everything in our lives, we are getting what I call, uh, we, are, we are being made, a life is a dashboard. And uh, I think the uh, HR Tech 2020, uh, 2020 will be about a dashboard at the level of the individual. And an employer would have uh, markers uh, and uh, metrics on performance, on um, you know, reviews, on stress, on um, uh, growth potential, all nailed down to you know, simple numbers and pie charts and trends. Everything will come together in a dashboard. I think that's where we are headed. And I'm presumably that would make, you know, making decisions much easier because you'll have all the data right in front of you, right? That is correct. And I also, I, I firmly believe that uh, the frontier to cross, the threshold to cross is to understand what drives human productivity and human achievement in the workplace. And, uh, you know, the 70, 80, 90 million people who are working at, uh, um, you know, the, the ones who are working at low income levels, I think they're uh, issues and their challenges have to be understood very well. And what we are doing with uh, real-time access to earned income, with no additional debt, right? Um, may I repeat it? With no additional debt, we are just bringing efficiency to a, I think, a dysfunctional system. I think that will play a, play a big role. And uh, I'll give you an example, Josh, because sometimes examples uh, help. Uh, See the difference between grazing versus binging. So, obviously, grazing is better. I mean, eating 3,000 calories at 9 p.m. is just not the right thing to do. Eating small portions all day is better. So, when you are at a low-income category, you're making, say, $1,000 a week or $800 a week. Why do you have to wait one or two weeks for your income? It's better that you have the $50 when you need them so you don't end up paying $35 as overdraft fees, which, which would happen, right? You, you, you are a penny over and a uh, second late. The bank will charge you, all because of $1 that you didn't have. And that's, I think these problems, once we take them away, will, uh, will make a better workforce. Yeah, I mean, why? Uh, I, this probably should have been the first question I asked, but uh, uh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Why is like two weeks, you know, the norm? I feel like what's uh, is that? Does that just like is that just how it's always been done? So I thought so. so when this idea came to me, and <clears throat> I've been for six years, I've been looking for somebody to tell me if uh, <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the source of this idea, which uh, I hope there's someone who um, who, who can. Uh, uh, prove it, uh, prove that I'm wrong. But look at it this way. The fact that we have a, a staggered a periodic salary is a function of IRS, okay? That's a function of taxation. Now, the fact that we have a weekly and biweekly salary, the history is rooted in convenience to the employee. So if an employer was giving a monthly salary, another one said, hey, I really need to get these people. They won't work for me. So they offered biweekly salary. It, it was hard to, you know, take it away once people got it, so they continued with it. Then the, the, for the very low-income people, it's actually a weekly pay cycle. So this is how this whole thing kind of came about. The lower your salary is, the more frequently you get paid, right? If you're going to eat 10 calories in each meal, you better eat, you know, 30 times in a day or 500 times in a day. 
So it's that, it's that concept. So this is the current sort of scenario, uh, why we have it this way in the US. Now, why do we have staggered payments period? Why do you have them? Turns out that historically it was because of kingdoms and uh, military. The general would not pay his soldiers until the war was won. So you, these were your uh, you know, soldiers. So you, you fed them, you kept them alive, but you did not pay them until the war was won. So this is historic. And kingdoms did not let the subjects get money until they needed loyalty. Royalty needs loyalty. So that is why we have this world the way it is. But hey, it's the 21st century. We have electric cars, so we should have real-time payroll. <laughs> exactly. That's so. That's such a great, that's such an awesome answer. That's so interesting. I had no idea. And no, that makes total sense. And uh, I mean, do you think we'll ever get to like where people are paid daily? I mean, we sort of, you said, you know, gone down from a monthly. See, so to we have to fill this kind of negativeness that if you get paid more frequently, somehow you are lesser, your, your, your life is poorly managed. So we have to first get that paternalistic view out of the window. You should be able to access whatever you earned whenever you need it. It's not a function of the employer or it's a function of the system. It's the software that's dysfunctional. IRS will get its tax whenever IRS needs to get its tax. What we are saying is, but this is money you've already earned. Why is it not accessible? That's such a great point. Yeah, no, I, I wish I could, I wish I could answer that. That's so so interesting. So I, that's what I'm. You know, yeah, everywhere I go, I say this, and people kind of look at me for a little while and they say, "Are you serious? Oh, you're you're a payday lender." I said, "No, I'm not lending." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, huh? This is so cool. Um, well, uh, how can our listeners find out more? Uh, where would you like to point them to? Obviously, payactive.com without an E. Yes, payactive.com. There, uh, there are videos that are there. Uh, we have this whole journey of um, Anna, uh, a mother and a daughter, Emily, and how they live paycheck to paycheck and how they uh, use the kind of product we have. So there are videos. Uh, besides that, uh, on the internet, uh, you know, there are people who've written articles about us and so on. So all that is available. Just go search for payactive.com or go to Facebook and uh, uh, like us and uh, help us succeed so that we all succeed together. Love it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Safwan. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it a lot. To find out more about B2B Nation, please check us out on Twitter, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Give us a tweet, a follow, a subscription, or a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.